Hello, listener. Welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide, Stephen Payton, and you're joining me on quite a special day indeed. And it's not just because I'm doing this podcast with tonsillitis, which you can probably hear. It is Friday the 7th of May 2021 and the polls have closed in the latest Scottish elections. Obviously, things are looking a little different this year on account of COVID-19, so we won't know the full results until late Saturday. But here are a few key things that you should know all the same. Having sat overnight to let any potential virus particles dissipate from the paper ballots, counting is kicking off this morning. Gone is the time of a long night of counting and instead we'll be dragging ourselves through the next two days of brief nuggets of information and then a grand finale. Some constituencies will declare today, that being Friday, with the count stopping at 6pm this evening, picking back up again tomorrow, though there will be a few declarations later than 6pm. Counting starts again tomorrow morning and of course... The big interesting results of the regional list are what many of us will be waiting for and that's something we should not be expecting to see until late Saturday around 7pm. So barring any delays, that's when we should know what the next parliament looks like. You can expect the first constituency results today from around 12pm though, so settle in folks, it's going to be a weekend. Obviously, this election is a pretty interesting one. It's going to not only set the tone of the next few years of the independence movement, but is likely to be the final mandate for a Scottish independence referendum, should a pro-indie majority be returned to the Parliament. And to all intents and purposes, there's nothing to suggest that that's not what will be happening over the next couple of days. Ahead of polling stations opening on Thursday, we saw a few final polls sneak through, suggesting that the SNP were likely to win a majority, or at least be very close, and the Scottish Greens to have a breakthrough result. Despite all of the bluster around the Alaba party, who in the aforementioned YouGov poll would return just one seat, the breakthrough of the Scottish Greens will be, in my opinion, the real story of this election. That story wasn't quite as headline-grabbing as the return of a former First Minister, though, so it didn't quite hit the news in the same way. But I do predict that that will change as the results come in over the next few days. As of Friday morning, the SNP are reportedly confident after voters queued into the night to get the chance to cast their ballot, with masked men, women and those not so ascribed queuing up to 30 minutes to get the chance to do so. But for now, the votes have been cast and it's a waiting game until tomorrow evening. Boris Johnson, however, is already preparing himself to reject another referendum no matter the result of the election a move that can only backfire. Given the result in Hartlepool this morning, which has turned Tory for the first time ever in the face of endless sleaze, corruption and incompetence from the Tory party, I for one do not expect to be free of the Conservative government anytime soon if we stay in the UK, particularly since Scotland only ever gets the government that England votes for, given the differences in population size between the two countries. I doubt... I'm the only one thinking that at the moment. And having Johnson sit back and say that now is not the time to respect the democratic will of the Scottish people can only push more people to supporting independence. It's an untenable situation, particularly given the fact that the SNP and Scottish Greens have explicitly ran on a pro-independence ticket this election. Boris Johnson 
loves to tell us what he thinks most people believe. This week he said that he thinks most people don't want another referendum, yet he'll be the first to ignore an election result that actually shows what most people want. Instead, Johnson et al. would rather just distract us with a pitiful plan to save the Union that involves encroaching further into devolved powers just to make the case that Westminster should still be a force in Scotland. Ask yourself, why is it that Westminster only start bothering to care about investment in Scotland when their union is at stake? According to reports, Johnson is set to unveil a new plan for saving the union in the week following the election. In part, it seems because they are absolutely bricking it at the thought of a pro-ending majority in the Scottish Parliament elected with the specific intent of holding a second referendum. It's not a surprise that Johnson has missed the point on why Scots are in favour of independence. This week, a former top Tory advisor and previous Sunday Times columnist published an article that was so full of misinformation as to show that he didn't actually have a clue about what's happening in Scotland. Something we saw repeatedly during the 2014 referendum when it was covered by newspapers who barely had a journalist in Scotland. Gerald Warner, who wrote the article, couldn't even get the length of the Scottish parliamentary term correct and appears to have misquoted Nicola Sturgeon throughout. So if that's who the Tories have advising them, no wonder they are so clueless. But that does bring us to an end today. So with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? Falling apart quicker than the belief that Keir Starmer could have turned around Labour's fortunes in England. It's going to be an interesting few days. Here's hoping we see that pro-ending majority in the Scottish Parliament that we all want to see. And onward to the next referendum. See you all again next Friday.